This is Abacus. I'm Bob, the CPA. Are you working long hours in a high-stress environment? Do you feel demotivated or struggle to give your best work? Is your job impacting your health? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you could be at risk of burnout. Today, you'll hear some tips for recognizing and dealing with burnout from Paula Davis-Lack. She's a burnout and resilience coach who started down the path of helping people after suffering severe burnout that landed her in the hospital. The way I describe myself when I was going through burnout and kind of the point leading up to that is a people-pleasing, perfectionist, achievaholic. And so I'm happy to say that I'm now more of a work in progress in all of those areas and really feel as though I've found more of my authentic self. And then in today's coaching note, I'll tell you about an easy way to gain more free time and reduce stress when you're putting in long hours at the office. All this coming up on Abacus. Let's go. Learn everything you need to know to have a successful and fulfilling accounting career. Whether you're on the partner track or you're making your own path, this is Abacus. Today, we're talking about burnout. It's a topic that's a bit taboo in the accounting industry, especially if you're in public accounting, and doubly so if you're in the middle of busy season. My guest today is burnout and resilience coach Paula Davis-Lack, and she's going to tell you some of the warning signs of burnout. But before we get into that, burnout's a bit of an abstract concept for a lot of people. So before we begin talking about causes and cures, I asked Paula how she defines burnout, so we're all on the same page. I describe burnout as a work-related process of chronic stress and disengagement. Okay, now that we're all on the same page, here's your interview with Paula. First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. And today I would like to talk to you a little bit about burnout. And the audience for the show is primarily accountants. Um, And we're getting into what is called busy season for accounting. Mm Mm-hmm. So most people think of taxes um, is kind of the obvious one. The tax deadline is in April. But there's also on the other side that most people don't realize is auditing, which is year-end financials need to go out and somebody needs to review those and make sure they're right. So that's going on right now also. So the accounting profession is pretty busy. There's people working, you know, 60 to 80 hour weeks, pretty standard for about three to four months at a stretch. And burnout is pretty rampant. And it's a lot, it's a very young industry, which I think makes it unique Mm -hmm. because people get hired right out of school and there's kind of a churn and burn staffing model is just kind of, you know, people know they need to get this experience uh, Mm -hmm. so they can continue with their career, but the firms know that too. So they just work them as hard as they can. And then, you know, 20, 30% of people quit every year and that's just kind of a cost of doing business. Yeah, that sounds a lot like the, um, the legal profession, which is where I came from. So I was a lawyer for seven years. So I mean, it's very much the same way at large law firms. And your experience with law was, uh, if I remember correctly, you had a not a great experience uh, with burnout. Would you mind kind of just going through kind of your backstory a little bit and walking me through how you got where you are today? Absolutely. Uh, so I, I practiced commercial real estate law for seven years and uh, ended up burning out during the last year of my law practice. So my burnout really extended throughout the entire year, last year of what became the last year of my law practice, uh, in part because I didn't really understand what it was. So I knew I wasn't handling stress and the workload in the same way that I used to. I was really exhausted and just 
like beyond cynical. And it's a bad day when other lawyers notice that you're being too cynical. So, <laughs> uh, and, and just feeling really exhausted. I mean, tired and exhausted in a way that I had never felt before. And just kind of this constant, just not really being able to feel like, you know, I could jump out of bed and feel like I was ready to ready to go to work. So um, it took me quite a while to, to really diagnose what I was going through and that this whole kind of pile of symptoms and what I was feeling and what was happening was actually something called burnout. And once I identified what that was, I thought to myself, wow, like, A, how did this happen to me? And B, this has to be happening to other, not only lawyers, but people who are in really stressful, kind of intense, uh, high pressure professions. And so it really caused me to want to start to study it more and, and think about, you know, if this is happening, happens to me, what tools or techniques or things could I learn about and study and give to other similarly situated professionals so that they don't have to spend a year or any time really just, you know, feeling like crap and slogging through their work, um, you know, because I really want, I want people to just, you know, really be kicking butt and doing what they want to do, you know, at work. And so whatever I can do to make that possible. And I like how you said it kind of snuck up on you, because I think that is what happened to me back in the day when I was first out of school working, like I said, long hours at a public accounting firm. Uh, and you don't really have anyone else at the job you feel like you can talk to about this stuff. Is there anyone or... I guess, how do you recommend people handle that? Do you recommend they talk to their colleagues or go find a therapist or obviously talk to you or what do you usually recommend? <laughs> All of the above. So it's really whatever whatever the person feels comfortable with. So uh, oftentimes our peers, you know, especially, you know, in, in high, profession, uh, high pressure professions like this, you know, a lot of times we're all kind of going through the same thing, but nobody wants to say anything about it. Um, and there's very much a, um, what my soldiers, um, I did a lot of work with folks in the military, but they used to say, suck it up and drive on. So very much that suck it up and drive on mentality. So you think to yourself, well, gosh, you know, everyone seems to be in the same boat. Who am I to say something about feeling stressed or tired? And you just kind of deal with it. Uh, So to the extent that you can start to talk at least to your peers and people who you have a closer relationship with at work, just to sort of touch base and say, you know, hey, are you guys going through this too? Like, what can we do? Can we start to, you know, incorporate some strategies with the three of us or just the six of us or the folks on our team so that we don't end up sinking any further because of the stress? So that's really, I think, the first and best layers. Just say something. Don't don't keep it all in because everybody's kind of going through the same thing. Uh, I love that the uh, the what can you do uh, yeah. step in that especially because I know nobody wants to seem like they're whining or they you know yeah. they can't handle it uh, but there is this really big culture of just suck it up or you know you have to pay your dues and everybody else has gone through it so who are you to you know be the one who complains but if you focus on solutions rather than just complaining I think that uh, is a really helpful way to approach it sure and and even you know. So focusing on the solutions is a big thing. But if you really feel like you're you're really like you can't pull yourself out of whatever the stress or the exhaustion is that you're feeling, um, and then it becomes kind of a time to think about having an elevated conversation, whether that's with your um, manager if you feel like you have a strong enough or a trusting relationship with him or her. Um, if you feel like maybe you need to reach out for assistance, whether it's ther- a therapist or seeing your healthcare provider or even just giving me a call, you know, to say, hey, can I run some, you know, symptoms or thoughts or whatever by you, um, you know, is it, does this sound like burnout? Uh, you know, making sure that you have some sort of outlet, I think, is really important. And so what are some ways that people can recognize uh, 
maybe they're just having a bad day or maybe it is actually starting to become burnout. What are what are some signs people should be looking for? I love that question because, you know, we all have a bad day. And as you mentioned, accountants are starting their busy season. So the next handful of months, uh, everyone's going to be in the same boat and everyone's going to be exhausted and probably a little cranky and tired. And at what point is it just, hey, it's the busy season versus, you know, does it kind of lop over into actually being burnout? And so the biggest thing that I point people to is the chronic nature of burnout. So you don't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm burned out. You know, it's really something that's probably been manifesting for a period of time. So if you're going into this busy season feeling more exhausted than usual, more cynical than usual, feeling like you're just kind of ineffective and that you haven't been able to shake that for a while kind of coming into this season, that might be a little bit of a warning sign or a little red flag for you that maybe something was brewing before this. Um, You know, it's one thing to kind of feel really refreshed and on top of your game. And as you start the busy season, of course, by the time, you know, April and May rolls around, you're probably going to feel a little bit tired. You know, that's kind of part of what goes along with, you know, just working so many hours for an extended period of time. Uh, But people who uh, report feeling burned out, so there's really the big three symptoms that I talked about, which is chronic exhaustion, chronic cynicism, so just everybody and everything is just rubbing you the wrong way, like more often than not, and then uh, chronic inefficacy. So that just means feeling like, you know, you've lost your confidence and you're not able to really feel like you can do the best work and get the results that you typically were able to get. So those are the kind of the big three. And then added on top of that, a lot of people report things like, Um, just feeling like more angry, more irritable, they're getting sick more frequently, anything like, you know, headaches, achiness, stomach aches, digestive issues, that all happened to me. Um, Noticing that your productivity is dropping. A big one for me is that I always used to love having like, you know, lunches and time with my colleagues and friends and family. And I was really even starting to disconnect from that time. Uh, Also, because I was just kind of like, man, let me just have some peace here. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. So thinking about it kind of in that big picture with all of that. So you mentioned lower productivity, which is, I would think, something that firms would actually be more worried about than they seem to be. Mm -hmm. And so burnout actually, if I'm understanding it correctly, doesn't just impact individuals. It actually negatively impacts the firms as a whole. So if there's any higher up people listening What are your recommendations for firms as a whole to kind of help their staff deal with burnout and kind of keep them, A, more productive, but B, keep them around longer so they don't just, you know, churn out after a year and they have to (laughs) find find new people and train them up? I mean, that gets expensive. So what do you recommend for firms? Yeah, I mean, the bottom line impact to to firms uh, is well into the hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. Excuse me. And there's different research, you know, kind of in different categories talking about that. But one of the things that I think is so important is to just start to normalize the conversation around how are you doing? How are things going? How's your stress level? Uh, Especially during the busy season. Biggest thing I think that leaders and managers can do is to model the behavior that they want to see. So if you are, and I understand that this is hard when you're talking about the busy season and you're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, but to the extent that you as a manager can, uh, you know, maybe on a Friday, leave at six o'clock or leave earlier than you typically would, other people who see that will follow suit and go, oh, you know, I can finally go home and have dinner with my significant other. We can go out on a date night maybe and sneak something in because, 
Amash did it too, and so it must be okay. So that's really important to do. And then the other thing to really be aware of, uh, so one of the big causes of burnout is a big imbalance between your job demands, uh, which are the things that uh, typically, you know, cause the most energy to be spent, the activities that you spend a lot of acti- um, energy on during the day. Um, so the mismanage between your job demands, your job resources, so all of those things that sort of give you energy and vitality and engagement and help you achieve your goals at work, and then a lack of recovery. So you're not taking the time that you need to to get the sleep that you need, to just you know, take the breaks that you need both at work and outside of work. And so all of that just gets really, really shuffled and imbalanced. So to the extent that managers and even people for themselves can just pay attention to that balance and see how out of whack it's getting is really important. And then going back, I guess, to individuals real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are feeling burned out and you're stuck in a position where there's work that needs to be done and everyone else is going to be working these long hours and you're just not sure you can do it, uh, are you kind of just out of luck or is there some way to salvage that situation or should you probably start looking for something else? Uh, what do you usually recommend? Well, I think if you're at that point, you have to, so I always say that the more serious your burnout or the more serious you feel like you're burning out, the um, kind of the tougher and the harder questions you need to be asking yourself. So if it's to that point and it's gotten to the, you know, a more serious side of burnout or you've found now, gosh, this is the fourth year in a row where during this busy time I'm finding myself just completely this person who I don't want to be, then I think you have to take a step back and just evaluate um, does uh, this work situation and environment that I'm in right now make sense. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make a wild career change. Or storm yeah. out of the office and person everybody in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or storm out of the office and make a big scene and then burn a bunch of bridges and not be able to find your way back. So you don't want to do any of that. But it becomes, I think, more imperative that you may need to have, first of all, a serious conversation with yourself and then probably a serious conversation with your boss or manager to figure out is there something that that can be done? Can I go on a reduced schedule for a period of time? Uh, is there another area or division um, that I can go into for a little bit just to get a little bit of a break and then just see you know where those conversations lead? And you've been working with clients for how many years now? So I have been sort of studying and teaching and training and uh, working with folks in burnout for about four years. And do you have any good stories of somebody who was suffering with burnout and Maybe you could walk us through the process of how you helped them and kind of the results that they saw. Sure. So it it depends on sort of, you know, the setting that I'm in, whether I'm doing one-on-one coaching or actually a workshop or teaching and training folks. Sometimes I just have conversations with people and they'll find some of my articles and resources and that just start, you know, the ball rolling for them. So, for example, um, apparently I inspired my doctor to switch practice areas. Uh, She was unhappy where she was and is now doing a completely different area of uh, medicine. So I'm so thrilled for her, but now I need to find another doctor. So so that's good for her. Um, But I think that really what a lot of people get out of at least maybe working one-on-one with me is just validation. So they're not going crazy. This is something that actually exists. And then really starting to... um, 
put specific tools and boundaries and practices in place that will help them at least be able to start thinking about what is it that I need to do. Because um, most of the people who come to me actually really like the work that they do and they, they don't want to leave. And so it becomes now what can we do to put um, things in place? So one of my clients who I just finished up with, um, she just uh, said very cheerfully how much uh, working with me had really, you know, caused her to, to change certain habits and things and ended up feeling a lot better about how things were going. So just a couple of examples. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thank you. And I am looking at your website right now, and I see you are giving away, it looks like for free, If uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you're still giving away your Addicted to Busy ebook yes. uh, for free. I was wondering, would you mind maybe giving us the short version of the pitch for why people should head over to your website and uh, enter their email and download that? Sure. Uh, so first of all, especially if you're talking about accountants and having very limited time now in the next handful of months, one of the things that... Uh, I love to do is create resources for folks that are going to be really short, digestible, and effective. So even though I call it an ebook, it is, and it, this might sound long, but it's it's you know, just 30, 31 pages, and four of those pages are citations. So it's something that you'll be able to get through really quickly, really short, digestible bites in terms of explaining what burnout is and what the causes are. Then there's a really clear framework for um, how do you prevent it or what can you do if you feel like you might be going in that direction with, uh, gosh, I think there's more than a dozen uh, strategies and tips and techniques that I put in there to uh, that you can pick to use to help kind of turn, turn things around or to at least prevent things from getting worse. And just so uh, we have it for everybody, I'll actually put uh, a link to that in the show notes for this episode. But where is your website? What's the easiest place to find you? Sure. Uh, you can find me at uh, the, my website domain is uh, stressandresilience.com. Perfect. And do you use Twitter or LinkedIn or anything like that? Or do you usually just send people straight to the website? I usually send people to the website, but I am all over social media. So you can find me on uh, Facebook. I have a business page on Facebook. Uh, and my Twitter handle is at Paula Davis Lack, which is just my full name. And then I am also on LinkedIn, also under my regular full name. Wonderful. And so I guess before we go today, is there anything that I haven't asked you about um, that you really want to make sure you get across to the audience, people listening? You ask such wonderful questions. I think the one thing that I re- oh, well, thank yeah, you. the one thing I really just want to punctuate is that um, burnout is really becoming more of a normal thing that happens at workplaces. It doesn't mean that it's a good thing, but you really, really are not alone. And there are just millions and millions of people who are experiencing burnout across many different professions. So first of all, I want to just normalize burnout. It's happening to a lot of people. So this isn't some weird, crazy thing that you're experiencing. And then once you realize or think that you might be headed on a path to burnout, just say something, even if it's just shooting me an email or reaching out to a friend or a family member, just kind of like verbalizing and saying and expressing what's going on uh, because the earlier you are in the process, the more effective strategies can be to really help you stop from getting, from getting worse. All right, Paula. Well, this couldn't have come at a better time for everybody listening. Uh, so I just wanted to say thank you again. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all that with us. You are so welcome. I was thrilled to be on. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Paula for coming on the show. If you think you might be suffering from burnout, head on over to her website and check out all the free resources she's created, including her ebook and blog posts. 
And if you still need more help after that, I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. You can find links to everything we've just talked about, including links to Paula's website, in the show notes for this episode at abacusshow.com six. Each episode, I like to share a little tip or tidbit that, while probably not life-changing, will hopefully help you out in some small way. This is Coaching Notes. Let's imagine for a moment that you have a magic clock that allows you to buy time. You can use the time for anything you want. Maybe you want to sleep more or play with your kids, have dinner with your friends, or read a book, or even just go see a movie with someone special. Really, you can use this time for anything. How would just a few hours a week improve your life? How valuable would a few extra hours be during your next busy season or month-end close? How much would that extra time be worth to you? You won't find a magic clock, but I can show you the next best thing. It's not only possible, but incredibly simple to literally buy back your free time by outsourcing some of the tasks you spend your time on every week. I used to think that hiring someone to clean my home or wash my clothes was a luxury. I'm not rich, and I have student loans to pay, so how could I waste money on stuff like that? And then I tried it and it made busy season just a little less busy. I have more free time, I'm happier and healthier, and it's some of the best money I ever spent. Some friends still ask me how I can afford it though, and I always answer that question with one of my own. How much would you pay to spend an extra hour playing with your kids, or just reading a novel, or with your significant other? Does 10 to 15 bucks sound fair? Because that's about what it costs to buy one hour of your time usually. To me, it would be a bargain at twice the price. On this show, I'm all about actionable advice. So here's a few simple ways you can buy back your time and make busy season a little better this year. Wash and fold laundry. Call any local laundromat or dry cleaner and ask them if they offer wash and fold service. You'll never wash or fold your laundry again, and it costs about $1 to $2 per pound of laundry. Amazon recurring shipments are another great way to skip the store and schedule your deliveries of the stuff you use most. Buy diapers, toiletries, and non-perishable food items on autopilot. Plus, you get a discount for using the service. A few items I'm buying this year are snack-sized almonds, breakfast bars, and of course, coffee. The price is free, uh, and it actually saves you a little bit of money. And finally, groceries. Even in busy season, you have to eat, right? But grocery shopping takes a lot of time, and it's just a hassle. It's the last thing you want to do when you get out of the office at 9 p.m. Get your groceries delivered right to your door instead. Companies like Peapod have been around for a while. And a newcomer called Instacart is making a splash by going into any store in your area to pick up exactly what you want. The cost is the price of groceries you were going to buy anyway, plus a small service fee or tip for the driver. And these are just the tip of the iceberg. If you really think about it, I'm sure you'll find even more ways to buy back your free time and make your life a little less stressful. And that's your coaching note. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, it's fast and easy to click on that five-star rating in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. And don't forget, you can get links and show notes for everything we covered today, or check out all of our past episodes by visiting abacusshow.com. See you next time.